Hello, welcome to another episode of our podcast. And today I want to share something I believe is vital for you to know in this season at this time. We are still in January of 2022 and a lot of things, a lot of events are going to take place this year, in this season, in this decade. And one of the important things we need to know is what is expected to take place at the beginning of this decade. We are into the second year of the decade and I believe very strongly that this decade is the decade that changes everything forever. And there is an expectation that heaven has concerning us. You have to understand that heaven's plan to redeem the earth is coming to the point of total transformation and heaven counts on you to do your part what is your part your part is to be aligned with his will to know what his will is and to align yourself with his will Heaven expects you to position yourself to receive the grace required for the transformation of the earth. The book of Romans chapter 8 makes us understand that the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. And... That the creation has been in bondage, made subject to bondage in hope. And that it will come into the liberty of the children of God. And for this to happen, we also have to come to a place of perfection, spirit, soul, body. We have to come to a place of no errors. Now, this is the message that I have for you. There is such a thing as a perfect existence, even in the midst of chaos. Now, you needed to know that such a place exists And God showed it to me and wants me to share it with you in the hope that you would believe. Because when you believe and confess it, you would manifest it. In other words, the new creation, you and I that believe in Christ, are the hope of the creation. That is the plan. That's always been the plan. In us is Christ, the hope of glory. To unveil, to reveal that which is hidden. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what is hidden. You have to understand that God hid so many things. For our sakes, the earth 
ought to run on the, what is revealed. Now, something is only revealed because it was first hidden. So revelation is bringing into manifestation what was either to unseen, unknown. Now, that which is hidden is necessary for the development of the earth. That which is hidden is the solution to every problem creation faces. God has entrusted these solutions to us. That's why it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ephesians 3, chapter, Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we may ask or think, according to the power that is at work in us. So God's power for transformation is in us. The Bible says that, you know, Paul writing in Romans chapter 1, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, the power of God unto transformation, the power of God unto perfection, health, immortality. So that which was hidden is revealed through the gospel. The gospel is a revelation of what was hidden from man, which has now been entrusted to us. Our responsibility is to agree with God. To agree with what you are hearing today. God has hidden these things, not against us, but for us. You say, oh, why? You see, God created man and made him the head over the rest of his creation. What separates man? Access to information. Access to the tree of life. Access to what it has. Because from man goes forth the law goes forth the knowledge necessary to develop the earth and the rest of creation. So God called man and gave him information with which he was to rule over the earth. Now, information is powerful, but knowledge puffs up. So knowledge on its own is not enough. Knowledge on his own makes a man proud. And the moment pride comes in, information ceases. Love edifies. Knowledge on his own makes one proud, puffed up. So God made man to have access as long as he continues to humble himself, he will always have access to solutions. So that was the design. The earth was not necessarily subdued. That is why God raised man and gave him dominion to subdue the earth. That means the earth and the rest of creation were not, you know, they were not 
perfect. They were good, but not perfect. Part of it. Now, something is important for us to note here. God had God created a system and he put man on at the head of that system. So he was the head to rule over the body. He was the head that communed with God, receives information. So as long as man was humble, humble means he stays where God put him, acknowledges God's supremacy, acknowledges God through worship. So by worshiping God, man was positioning himself to receive the necessary information, revelation, to rule over creation. So the moment man stopped worshiping God, acknowledging him as God, which is what worship really is, he no longer had access to information freely. So he fell from the exalted position God had placed him. But we thank God for Jesus who had come to put us even in a higher position than what Adam occupied. So, what are you supposed to do? You and I are supposed to humble ourselves and worship God. What does it mean to worship God? It means to know Him as God, accept Him as God, position yourself, align yourself with His Word, with what He reveals to you. As you do that, you will receive a steady stream of revelation from God with which you will dominate the earth in love so man lost a vital part of that which is one um, the Bible says that love edifies it builds knowledge puffs up so man needed the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? It's not quaking fear where you are, you know, uh, terrified. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. Uh, the fear of the Lord is like worship. It means to acknowledge God for who he is and relate with him accordingly. He is God. He is Lord. He is supreme. He created all things. You are the created one. You relate with him accordingly. You follow his instructions. You do what he tells you to do. The fear of the Lord is paired with knowledge. So man lost that, that connection. And the moment they lost that connection, man, only, man also lost access to the deep things of God. They lost access to certain things. It took a while for certain revelations to be restored to man yes so what we are saying here is this knowledge without love without the fear of god the bible calls it the love of the truth the love of the truth is important in these last days the love of the truth is what will keep you, improve you, grow you, help you, develop you to be all God wants you to be. Without which, 
you would have access to just knowledge that will puff you up as it did. If you read Romans chapter 1, it talks about that the things of God could be seen, but yet they did not acknowledge God. Rather, they gave glory to the created and not to the creator. So knowledge without knowledge on its own makes men to become foolish. They being wise in their own eyes became foolish because knowledge alone is not enough. So man had access to knowledge, but not love, no love. So, and why is this important? Having access to truth. Truth and knowledge are not necessarily the same thing. Truth is a person. Knowledge are bits, you know, things you can observe about what truth created. Truth created all things. The word of God created all things. The word of God is truth. So truth created all things. And you can study what truth already created. And that's not enough. Science is not enough. Knowing how the world works uh, physically and all that is not enough. It puffs you up. It makes you think that you don't need God or that there's no God, which is what we read in Romans chapter 1. So, and that's exactly what we are seeing today. We are warned about having facts and knowledge without the fear of God. If you notice in Isaiah, uh, where he tells us the Spirit of the Lord, talks about the Spirit of the Lord, talks about wisdom and understanding talks about counsel and might talks about knowledge and the fear of the lord so knowledge on its own is not a good thing you need to pair it with what the fear of the lord anyone can observe things and write them down and do an experiment and say oh this is how it works you can do that without the fear of the lord it doesn't help you in the long run. It leads to pride. It leads a man to a point where he says, there's no God. It leads a man to begin to worship cre the creation instead of the creator. So, in these last days, you are going to have to pair knowledge with the fear of the Lord. That's what it's called in the Old Testament in Isaiah. That is Isaiah chapter 11. So, we need to know something in these last days. Knowledge is good, but it can be corrupted. Knowledge alone is dangerous. Knowledge needs to be paired with love. We are told in Ephesians chapter 4, the truth spoken in love is what you need. People have used facts, knowledge to hurt each other. Because you see, you have to you have to get something. Let me share something with you. Knowing something to be correct is just a piece of all that could be known about the subject or the object. Yes, it's just a piece of it. There's so many things to know about a thing. Knowing a few things about it can lead you to erroneous conclusions. In uh, in religion, in the faith, knowledge 
like that leads to heresy. People getting a piece of revelation and coming to their own conclusions instead of humbling themselves for God to lead them to deeper truths. Remember, the Bible says God is love, right? So, knowledge without God is dangerous. Knowledge without love is dangerous. God is love. So, you have to understand something. The reason why people get into trouble in spite of all the science, all the advancement, all the technology, and all these things is because what you have as knowledge is incomplete. There's so much to it that you will never discover without acknowledging God. Yeah. And because of that um, gap, the missing parts, men get frustrated. Men had their own. They create an abomination. Imagine trying to create a human being and all you have is one ear, ear lobe, uh, one eye, um, one lip, uh, one ham, one leg, uh, just a piece of pieces here and there. Then you put it together and try to form a man. So you don't have the other leg. So you look for something to stand, uh, you know, to represent the missing leg. You're going to create a monster. You're going to create an abomination. Something so ugly, it will be terrible. And that's exactly what people do with knowledge. You get knowledge, then, you know, uh, you try to make up the rest. So, knowledge has made men to think they don't need God. They are invincible. That is what is happening with the system of this world. You understand this? So, you have people who are smart, uh, intelligent, uh, creative, and yet look at everything they create. Uh, it gets spoiled. It gets spoiled. It's always needing improvement. And it's graduated. That's why you have version 1, version 2, version 2.2, 2.3, 2 2.4, regular improvements. That tells you something. So God made those knowledge, those things available. But no matter how men are able to access these things, laws, principles, knowledge in the world by observation, and scientific processes, techniques, it doesn't matter. No matter how much of that they have access to, it's always going to be incomplete. And one day, just like when you create a product that has many flaws, one day, you know, it, it, because it has, flaw, it has flaws, you are able to patch it here, patch it there, and it seems like, oh, well, it's doing well, let's continue, until it hits an obstacle that it cannot overcome. Then the whole thing comes down, comes down crashing. That's what man is heading to. One day, something is going to happen that their knowledge, their pride, will not be able to withstand and then everything would fall 
down flat. That's what it's going to be like. That's what the end of the world is. It's not God trying to destroy anybody. No, 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 no. No. It is simply man disregarding God, rejecting God, and bringing upon themselves the destruction, which we, which is what is called the wrath of God, is actually destruction, which comes because... <laughs> See, let me say something. The destruction is not really a destruction. No, no, God doesn't destroy. He doesn't, no. No, 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 no. It is that he has planned certain events to take place at certain times. And he wants, he designed that man should have certain abilities and knowledge before those things come to pass. Now, if man is ill-prepared for the inevitable change God planned even before he made man, how is that God's fault? Because God says, come to me and I will show you great and terrible things that you don't know. But if you in pride reject what God wants to show to you and then you are not prepared for what is going to come and it destroys you, how is that God? How is it that God is the one destroying you? How, how is that God destroying you? No, it's not God. It's your pride. It's your pride. You can't blame God for your destruction. Because he says, come to me. You say, you know, there's no God. But there is God. Just because you say there's no God doesn't mean there's no God. Oh, we have science and science is sufficient. Science, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Forget that. Men are going to be destroyed from the surface of the earth through their arrogance, through their pride. Because knowledge puffs up. Knowledge without God is dangerous. It may not look like it now. But if you observe life and go through history, you will discover that this has always been truth. Right from Genesis chapter 3. It's always been like that. Knowledge on its own is dangerous because it's never complete. Truth is complete. But then truth is not just Knowledge, it is a person, and that person is love. God is truth, Jesus is truth, Jesus is the word, Jesus is God, Jesus, God is love, Jesus is love. So, you need to understand this the world is going to come to an end because of the lack of readiness. Preparation for the new. What man doesn't know is that the world they are so sure about, that they show, oh, it will always be there, we are in control, has an expiry date. The Bible talks about ages. That means age after age. Once one age ends, another begins. So once this age ends, a new one would begin that you are not going to be ready for. If God doesn't prepare you. And since you don't acknowledge God, how are you going to ever going to be prepared? So when the old, when this age passes, those who don't accept God will pass with it. 
heaven and earth shall pass away. That's what Jesus said. But my word shall not pass away. So that's this that's the that's the assurance of continuity. Those who don't believe in the word will pass with heaven and earth. Ill prepared. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's not that God is going to no 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 don't blame God for anything. The reason people are going to be destroyed is pride. Simple. Pride. That's the reason people are going to be destroyed. If God is calling you now and you're postponing, you say, I'm not ready. Something is going to happen. Look at everyone around you. Look at history. Look at people's testimonies. A lot of people died because they kept rejecting God. Simple. Not that God destroys people. The earth, listen, why do you think he gave man dominion? Good is not enough. God uh, created this. Then he said, oh, this is good. He created it. He said, this is good. After every, uh, everything was created, he said, this is very good. But good is not enough. Perfect is the goal. And Christ brought perfection. Humility is important. Humility is important. God does not wish for anyone to perish. Always wanting people to repent and be saved. That's why he gave man a long time to repent. If after that, you still haven't repented, it won't be God destroying you. It will be that the flood will come, a change would come, that will usher us into a new age and those of you who reject God will be swept away, will pass away with this world that you so much love. It's going to end. And if you don't accept Christ, you're going to end with it. It's simple. God doesn't destroy nobody. No. Go read through the Bible. Forget religion. Read the Bible yourself. You'll find it there. God never chased Adam and Eve out of the garden. I know the Bible says, and God drove them away. Yeah, so many things are called, uh, said to be God, and you know, the Bible says God drove the children of Israel out of uh, the land. But the Bible says that God told them, look, if you don't change, if you don't stop doing the same things that those that were there before you did and were driven away, the land, as it drove those people out, will also drive you out. God was the one trying to save them from, from being driven out. Not God. No. Your choices will lead you to where you would go. You make bad decisions, then the consequences come, and you say, oh, God is punishing me. No, it's not punishing you. You made a bad decision that brought you to where you are now. Stop blaming God. Just repent and ask for mercy. Receive grace. Simple. Christ is your mercy. Simple. He's always the one saving. He's a savior, not a destroyer. So embrace the truth because the clock is ticking. This age is about to go bust boom and it's gone (laughs) 
read through the Bible, you will find out that God never promised that this will continue forever. No, he never did. No, 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 no. No, he never did. It's, done, it's happened before. Go read the Bible. You'll find out when you know what has happened in the Bible, you will know what is coming. Those of us who have, we know what is coming. There's a strong delusion that man has found a way to continue forever. Bible says that when they shall say peace, peace, sudden destruction would come, boom, like that, and take them away. Why do you think they will say peace, peace? Because they will think they have found a solution. Oh, yes, immortality is not possible. Oh, yeah, they will find something and they will have the promise of eternity without God then something would happen and they would discover that they only knew a path but he who knows all had want them repent but they refused so when the consequences comes they will have themselves to blame you know if you read the Bible Jesus said look go and preach the gospel uh, make disciples of nations teach them what I've taught you and get them born again and you know, get them saved, you know. And if you give them the message and they receive it, they will be changed. They will not die. But if you give them the message and they reject it, he didn't say they will perish because of that. No, he said they are already condemned. The message is condemned, not men that are okay and about to be condemned. Who is going to be executed for whatever in two years' time or in a month's time is told that the governor has pardoned him. All he needed to do is to accept the pardon. And he says, no, I'm not accepting it. The guy was already condemned. How is the governor responsible for his destruction? People say, God is going to send. No, 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 no. People are the ones who are going to hell. So, man was condemned not by what God did, but by what man did. And man continues to do. So, if man refuses help, salvation, he has chosen destruction. How is that God's fault? Then people keep asking questions. How can they just God send people to hell? He's not sending anyone to hell. No. He is going to honor your choice. If you are with him, you're cool. If you are not with him, whatever you choose is where you find yourself. Your choice. You choose. I pray you choose right. And if tonight or this morning or whatever time it is you're listening to this, you choose Christ. You choose Christ, Messiah, the Savior. And you believe. The Bible says he died for your sins. He was condemned in your place. So that you may be free. And that if you believe this and accept what he did for you. What, you, what he did for you that you accept will transform you. And you'll be saved. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you confess him. You believe him. Acknowledge him. As Lord, He would lead you on the paths of life. If that is you, then just go ahead and 
ask him to come into your heart. When he comes into your heart, his life comes into you. His forgiveness comes into you. His mercy comes into you. All that he is comes into you that is available to you through the gospel comes into you and changes you and exempts you, makes you indestructible. See, those who believe shall not die. He's talking about eternal damnation. That's what he's saying. So if you if that is you, just say, Jesus, just tell him you have heard the message and you believe. Ask him to come into your heart. That's all. And you're saved. And he will begin to lead you because you now call him Lord. You acknowledge him as Lord. Because he is Lord. Acknowledging him is not just verbal. It's not just a mental ascent. It's that you believe it. And now you trust him to lead you. And now you follow him. His instructions. His leading from within. His family that you set up for your sake. As you do that, he leads you beside the still waters. He restores your soul. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you shall fear no evil. For, that, for he is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. Yeah. He lives in you and blesses you because the blessing is the blessing. Now is in you. The blessing is in you. Everything about you is blessed now. So if you made that decision right now, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you died for my sins and you rose up the third day for my justification. And I acknowledge you as Lord, not of, not just of the earth and of creation, but of my life to lead me, to guide me, to teach me by your spirit and your word. From henceforth, amen. Good. Congratulations. Welcome to a new life. Welcome to the family of Christ, of Jesus, Yeshua Mashiach. Next thing you need to do, receive this gift, the promise of the Spirit, which is promised. You say, Lord, I ask and receive the promise of the Holy Spirit right now with the evidence of spiritual gifts, abilities, speaking in tongues, faith, love, discernment of spirits, and all the other gifts in scriptures. Amen. If you feel like saying something you don't understand, don't stop yourself. Just go ahead and speak. God bless you. So I want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for these ones who have chosen Christ. I bless them. And I ask you, Lord God, to send your spirit into their hearts and help them. Keep them from falling. Keep them from being stagnated. Keep them from religious-minded people who would hijack their innocence, their faith, and give them religion instead of a relationship with you. Keep them from such. Let such people not appeal to them. Let not their messages appeal to them. As you want your disciples of the living of the Pharisees, Lord God, let the living 
of religious-minded leaders in the church and outside the church not get them and truncate their growth and make them worse than they were before. I pray, Lord God, that these ones will be open to your truth and thoughts in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, and I ask that you keep and bless them, provide for them, prepare them quickly like never before because a quick work you would do and cut it short in righteousness. I pray, Lord God, I know as your spirit has entered them, their bodies are healed, their souls are healed, all wounds are healed, and your glory floods their souls in Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations if, it's, if you pray that prayer. God bless you. I love you. I appreciate you. If you have a question, visit our website and send us an email. Our website is www.marvelassembly.org. Visit our website, send us an email. If you're on Anchor, send me a message, a recorded message. I'll get it and get it back to you. God bless you. Thank you very much. I love you. Amen. God bless you. And welcome to the family. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this message. Thank you for blessing the ears that hear this message. Thank you for open hearts to receive the blessing, the message. Thank you, Father, Lord God. I pray for the sick. I pray for the fearful. I pray, Lord God, for those who have been troubled by the enemy, by what is happening in the world. I strengthen their hearts. I strengthen their minds. I strengthen their bodies with healing, virtue flowing into them and upon them. And I pray, Lord God, as they are healed, they will also heal others, physically, mentally, emotionally, even financially, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Yes. Amen.